everyone. Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. I'm Bill. I'm Steve. Movies talk. So let's talk movies. Let's talk those movies. Steve, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty fantastic. Um, we are waiting for a nice dry day outside in order to sand down this carousel horse. Uh, as soon as we get that day where we're available and it's not raining like it has been for the past goddamn week and a half, Duke the Carousel Unicorn is going to be sanded down and then immediately sent off to get molds made of it so we can make the Carousel short film this summer, which is way Sounds later than right. I wanted to do it, but we had to wait for good weather to sand it down and just continuously things have stopped us from sanding it down. Hey, you know what? Shit happens. That's what you gotta do sometimes. Sometimes the weather is just bad. You cannot sand down your unicorn. I know, it's terrible. Yeah, the weather here is crazy. Last uh, week there was a crazy rain all over the place. Trees everywhere just flying. It was, it was, it was insane. That's the word I want. Insane. Totally insane. How are you doing, Bill? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, I haven't done a whole lot. I've been working a lot. But because of that, I watched a lot of movies. I caught up my 365-day challenge. Uh, here's a couple uh, films that still hold up. Uh, Ghost World still fun and depressing kind of i don't know how to describe that film still like it uh what else did i watch i don't remember that's the problem i watched uh, probably 25 30 movies over the course of six days and i don't remember what the fuck i watched perfect i uh, uh, uh phantoms i finally watched phantoms that movie is good affleck was indeed the bomb in phantoms yeah affleck is the bomb in phantoms that's very true so that's all that's about it it's kind of sadly boring uh, tomorrow, uh, Jurassic World comes out as we're recording this. I'm gonna go check it out. I still am very whatever. I have no real uh, expectations, good or bad. I just want to go see a movie of cool dinosaurs. I agree. Because I like I, dinosaurs. I want to see cool dinosaurs. Yeah, yep, dinosaurs are great. I haven't been able to see Spy yet. I had a uh, quick, I guess, well, we'll segue, in, segue into news and stuff. We was talking about Mus uh, McCarthy. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. No. That's, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of Jenny McCarthy. Ms. McCarthy, the actress, comedian. Uh, how we always say that she's uh, stuck in a rut as far as casting. Apparently not, yes. so, much, not so much in Spy. Apparently Spy's good. Oh, that's good. Uh, everything's good about it, so... Because at first I saw, hey, Spy, this is going to be a parody of Spy movies with Jason Statham. Oh, that's fucking awesome! And Melissa McCarthy. Uh, oh. because this is time because obviously people know the Statham episode. Apparently Statham uh, plays uh, comic relief in the film. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that are going for. I'm hopefully going to check it out next week. I was hoping today, but that didn't work out. I was hoping to obviously see it before this week's episode we recorded, but um, but yeah, whatever. I'll get to it. I've I, heard enough things now that I will check it out before I was still really apprehensive about it, but it sounds like a good time. Still doesn't make me any more, any more or less excited for the all-female Ghostbusters film, but... Nope, but that's, again, I don't like that director. That, yeah. and, and he's going to use that version of McCarthy. Yeah. Well, Paul Feig also directed Spy, so I don't, I'll go see it. I'll, I'll get a better opinion. Maybe he's maybe he's improved, but I think everyone's everyone's been talking about the film. It's been more or less talking about uh, McCarthy or Statham and such. Not so much anything about him. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's just whatever in that regard. But uh, I guess to start kick off the bat, rock and roll, lock and load, uh, shoot the guns, the news guns, the news bullets. Pew, 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 Movie pew. news. That's right. Speaking of movie news, uh, if you didn't know this, newspapers are losing money. Much like Disney is losing money. Ah, so much. Disney, uh, Disney is looking is expecting to lose $140 million on Tomorrowland. 
which is a lot of money, but not as much money as they have lost on other films. Yeah, John Carter and um, John Carter was two hundred million. Lone Ranger was one hundred ninety million. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, now it's easy to say, well, that's no big deal. They had the Marvel films. There are two Pixar films coming out this year, which I thought was just the one. So I'm really surprised it's two. I don't know. How that makes me really question the quality of both these films because Pixar <laughs> usually is a one per year, and they're usually pretty solid. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, so far, Inside Out does not look at all like a movie I would like. So I'm not really don't really care too much either way about that. Yeah, not my not my cup of tea, but I'm sure people. I'm sure kids like it, you know? Yeah, the premise seems fine. I know a lot of people are going apeshit over it, but every clip of the movie I've watched just makes me go, oh, nope. <laughs> not not, not for me. Not for me. I'm sure no, Rachel... No, thank you. Some people might like it just fine, though. So, But they have all this stuff coming out. Obviously, they have Star Wars this year, so obviously they're, the, they're going to eat that loss pretty easy. It's fine, but still, a loss is a loss. And what it, I think uh, the bigger picture is that it doesn't bode well for films that aren't adaptations sure, sure things yeah. yeah sure things uh and also probably like i was talking to steve beforehand um brad bird uh, he was obviously directed this film and all this other stuff and he had a lot of future plans obviously another incredibles film all these other things and i, I hope that this film's failure doesn't reflect badly on him um i haven't i still haven't seen the film so i don't know if the, a lot of the issues that people had the film and the reason it bombed or get something that could be related to his directing Mm-hmm. I don't know if he wrote the script too, but um, either way, it, did, it, it this is the thing that gets brought up a lot. Like obviously, we, uh, Jupiter Ascending, I, when that film came out, I, that's my example because that was a film that I think should have made more money than it did, but it just bombed. Yet, yet at the same time, people are asking for films that are not adaptations, remakes, all this stuff. They want original properties, but when studios make original properties, no one goes and fucking sees the damn things. Yep. So what do you want? And also, they don't support independent properties, which are all original. Like, there are hundreds, thousands of original films being made every single year. But they were made for under X amount of money, so they aren't real movies. Fuck them. Nope, they're not real movies. Or they do get made for a decent budget, but they can't pick up distribution, so they just get relegated to direct-to-DVD market or the Netflix market. Mm-hmm. Or, the, or I guess that market's also video-on-demand. Yeah. So they, it's a losing battle there. But I guess studios don't care, because as for, for every... Uh, you know, two hundred million dollar bomb. They'll release something else that makes a billion dollars worldwide. Parts of Caribbean, parts five and six and seven. Uh, they actually are producing the three more movies. Probably. Oh well, I thought uh, the fourth one was this was the start of a new trilogy, trilogy. and that didn't happen. Oh, oh, so I guess there was dumping all of that setup they did in four with five. We'll find out, I guess. But yeah, we'll find out. Four seemed like it had a lot of setup. You had your new Orlando Bloom character. You had all. You had mermaids. You had. They were dumping a lot of stuff in that movie. Four was a major letdown, and I was I'm not a mega fan of the original films, but I really like all of them. I like the first one. That's I like I like the second one a lot, um, especially the ending. That had a great oh shit ending. Mm-hmm. Um, the third one wasn't very good, but at least it was fun, which is more than I can say about the fourth film. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the fourth one still. I only saw it the one time at theater, and I didn't quite care for it, but I didn't know really where I ranked it. And I don't... I feel like... One year for a high school band, we did a Pirates of the Caribbean show, so I feel like I had all that shit shoved down my throat for an entire season of band, marching band. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of okay with ever never, see, never seeing those movies ever again. I understand. So it's my, it's my, that's fine on my own. Uh, interest on that so yeah we'll wait and see uh next coming years what all disney has going on 
Uh, quick thing I kind of thought about. It kind of upset me the other day, the fact that we'll probably never get a true animated film from Disney ever again. Yeah. Because everything and, now is 3D animation. Yeah, and it does suck. As much as people want to, like, I don't know, shit on anime or something, shit on Japanese animation and things like that, I feel like at least they're doing something that's not 3D animation. Yeah. I know not every not all anime is produced are my thing either, but I don't. I still like anime as an art form, as a you know uh, entertainment medium. I'm super not in anime, and I still like anime. That's what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. I'm not I'm not like watching every show that comes out every season, but there's always a couple of shows every now and then that come out that I really like their artistic style and everything else. And as a, someone who really likes animation, I really appreciate that. And same thing, uh, I guess in the same market, there's not those many people doing claymation. There's one studio that keeps making them, and they can never seem to win that Oscar. No, nope. fucking Disney can. I know I keep harping on that, but this is something that bothered me. It feels like I, I just don't think we'll ever see another animated film from Disney. It's not CG animated. I think you're right, and that is sad. Yeah, so it kind of, that's just something that clicked in my head the other day, and I thought I'd bring it up, see what you kind of thought about that. Princess and the Frog was the last one, and I think part of it not doing well is part of the reason why they've abandoned it. Probably. And it was just too bad because I fucking love that movie. It's one of my favorite Disney films. Still never saw it, but I, but I also say like a lot of yeah, you know, everyone knows me that knows that I'm not the hugest on Disney animated films, but I do there are several I like. It's just mm-hmm. a lot of like the ones in the '90s on, I'm not a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Just because just because the, the the musical aspects or the the princess stories things like that. I love musicals. Hey, I like musicals too. Just not those just weren't clicking for me. That's totally fair. Yeah. So. But yeah. So yeah, Disney tried to make something original. Uh, based on some of the classics of what the company is based on, because Walt was all about fucking future optimism, mm-hmm. and it bombed because people don't want to be optimistic about the future. I don't think that's true. I think that well, someone tried to say the movie bombed because people didn't want to accept, America didn't want to accept its message, and I laughed. Oh someone, no, not that. No. Someone totally said, "Yeah, but how how can America accept its message? America didn't go see the movie." <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, think it, it didn't do that. well because the trailer was fucking terrible. Yeah, it didn't entice me at all to see the movie, which I think the problem lies is that it didn't the tell teaser anything. trailer was better than the actual trailer. It's interesting, but I feel like the trailers didn't tell me anything. I mean, I know people say all the time trailers spoiling all the movie, but the trailer didn't tell me anything. What was going on? It just showed me pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like here's a here they're escaping in a bathtub. Oh, cool! What the fuck is this? Is that wait? Is that Hugh Laurie? Shit! Fuck! What? <laughs> like it didn't really entice me to see anything. Especially because I don't know anything about it. All I know it's based off a park, part of Disneyland. It's like, as much people want to shit on the trailers for Dread or something, I knew what Dread was. <laughs> so I could at least go into it, go, go into seeing it on that little bit. You know? But Moving on here. Uh, moving uh, more stuff uh, movie, movie-wise. movie It is a uh, based off of a comic book property. Um, a bunch of Warner Brothers stuff here, super, superhero films. Uh, the synopsis for Batman v Superman got dropped, um, and it's exactly what I expected. What everyone ex- should have expected, at least. Yeah. Basically, Batman is a, is a vigilante, sees this weird alien dude doing stuff. I need to figure this motherfucker out. And then they find out, yo, we could be bros. And, and then, then they become BFFs and they kiss. They do kiss. It's a new universe. New, new rules. universe. New universe. <laughs> doing some doing some changes. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah, and then they team up and fight a bi- a bigger threat. The only threat, the only thing that does make me chuckle, and I get it because it's a, all fucking superhero films are kind of like this. But the synopsis says a threat greater than the world has ever seen. Uh, the very previous movie had the world almost completely die. I don't know what's greater. 
uh, everyone the world, dying. The world uh, almost dying to a bigger uh, Earth uh, world builder machine. Oh fuck! You're right. Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor just says, <laughs> "Release the world, the, the world builder." Now he clones Zod and releases Zod two because they're still afraid to use other Superman villains. <laughs> there is some rumor going around that um, uh, Luther clones Zod's uh, clone Zod to make Doomsday. I also heard uh, clone Zod and accidentally makes Bizarro. I would be fine with that. It sounds better than Doomsday. Mm -hmm. But apparently, one of the, like the stuff in the early drafts of the script was that uh, the big, the big uh, Kryptonian, not. Um, the mech. Apparently, he was like an early experiment to create something similar to Doomsday. But I believe that they, they dropped that stuff. Similar okay. to the uh, battle in Hong Kong, mm -hmm. where they were gonna, just gonna have. Um, I noticed a mech. What was the? Um, I'm, I'm blanking on the the woman. Um, Ursa. Ursa. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna have Namek and Ursa go like wreck Hong Kong as a to show how strong Sod is. But they, and in order to sell more tickets in China. Yeah, but they they scrapped that just for cost. Good. That's fine. So, yeah, Although, yeah, yeah. more Ursa, totally cool. Hey, she only got into the Phantom Zone. She can come super back. Super hot. She, she can come back. super hot. Yes, I want her to come back and super. beat beat me up, please. <laughs> yeah, she was really rocking. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, you, have, you can have really powerful, cool female characters that uh, guys will still find hot. No, the patriarchy won't allow that. Hey, there's Furiosa. George Miller said right up, you want to make a character that guys would want to jerk, uh, not jerk off to, get, a hard, <laughs> get, get hard to, yet yeah, still find cool. I'm like, uh, it's not hard to do. I mean, just most yeah, studios don't do it. Yeah, seriously. They want to have their like female lead character in the team uh, want to be a mother and have issues with the fact that she can't have children. Yeah. I, th I think that there's room for both things. Uh, that's just what bugs me, because Anita Sarkeesian would complain that Furiosa is just Mr. Man, and that's bad. But then complain when a female character is too feminine, because that's bad. Uh, people just want to complain to complain. Uh, I like Furiosa. I like Ursa. Um, and I also like Ripley, not only because she shoots a gun, but because she's very motherly towards Newt. And I think that's really cool and inter interesting. I also like Sarah Connor. And I like Sarah Connor, because she's motherly and a fucking badass and insane. That's right, she is. And I love it. You think you know what it's like to create! <laughs> Love you, Sarah Connor. More Warner Brothers stuff. Obviously, uh, I don't think we've talked a ton about this. There's been a lot of stuff coming out about Suicide Squad. Yeah. A lot of Batman riding on Joker's, like, like hot pink-colored Lamborghini and mm -hmm. stuff like that. I think that stuff looks rad. And I like the director still saying... I, obviously, it's been... Obviously, I know this because I know how fucking films are made. Like, this is going to be, like, so little of the actual movie and i like how he's trying to tell, tell people it's like hey you think you've seen shit you haven't seen, you haven't seen yeah everyone shit. keeps on saying it's too much getting revealed i'm like this is all clearly just one scene guys this is like five minutes of the fucking movie if that yeah it's just obviously it's going to be shot over days because obviously shooting a movie takes days sometimes for scenes mm -hmm. the batmobile looks sick the fucking like f uh f1 I, formula one racer looks like batmobile looks like looks uh crazy awesome I like that the Suicide Squad Batmobile is the same but different from the B Batman v Superman Batmobile. Mm -hmm. Like, it's clearly just, like, another model of something else that he created. Yeah, and I know at the uh, licensing expo, um, they, they people got to see a better look at the Batmobile, and it looks rad as shit. Yeah, it does. It looks super rad. Uh, but yeah, uh, they revealed at the, uh, Merchandise Expo or something, I forget what it's called. I think it's uh, a licensing expo. Yeah, it's a licensing expo, but they pretty much outright said that all the Suicide Squad merchandise is gonna be targeting adults, not children. That's which cool. is fantastic, yeah, um, because that, 
means that they uh, trust their adult crowd. Uh, Warner Brothers might be getting slightly further away from the our superhero properties have to sell to young boys only. Uh, cancel Young Justice because girls like it. Um, but also, that could also potentially mean that Suicide Squad might be an R-rated film. Uh, you know, or at I... least, or at least a hard PG thirteen. You know, oh, I mean, like an an actual PG thirteen. Yeah. Hell, I watched um, I watched ba- Adventures in Babysitting the other day, and that's a PG thirteen. It's great. They say fuck a lot. There's all sorts of imply like uh, implied into it, uh, stuff of like thirteen year olds want to jack off to Playboy. Mm-hmm. All this other stuff. I'm like, man, I miss PG thirteen. I miss the real PG thirteen. Not what we have now, where it's basically a PG at this point. And I'm also super pumped that they kept the, that the title of the movie is Suicide Squad because there was a there was a legitimate concern that they were going to call the movie Task Force X because the word suicide could potentially be offensive or something. And Warner Brothers said, no, fuck you, this is the Suicide Squad, and they straight up just ripped the logo from the comics, and that's the logo for the movie. Because that's the name of the book. They're yep. a squad that's sent on suicide missions. Yep. Because they're all criminals with life sentences, and it's like, hey, do this for us, and we can maybe, you know, let you out. I am still more excited for Suicide Squad than Batman v Superman. And I don't say that as a knock on Batman v Superman, because I'm fucking losing my mind waiting for that movie. Mm-hmm. That's just how great I think Suicide Squad is oh, I'm right shaping there with up you. to be. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, no, I, I don't, I don't know how other people feel, but I, man, I, I think it's, I think we're so excited because it's different. Yes, exactly. Every, everything between Marvel and DC is the uh, A-listers, the Paragons, the big, the big, uh, the Trinities, if you could say, of each company. Mm-hmm. And DC, right off the, their third film out, out of the gate, is just hey, here's a bunch of D-list villains. Uh, okay, I guess I'll say, uh, I guess. Uh, D-list with an A-list villain because Harley Quinn's pretty popular with with uh, with mass populace. Yeah, Harley uh, not... Quinn and Deadshot, but even then, Harley Quinn is clearly the we need butts in the seats character. Yeah, but she's well, she's in the new series in the new in the Squad. So Absolutely, I mean. yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's not like it's far out. There. No, totally so, makes I mean, sense. And I, I, something I wanted to bring up that it's also a team film where a uh, it's not half, but a major a good a good mass of the group is female. Yes. Because you have Enchantress Katana and Harley Quinn, and it's not like Avengers where it's just with going into obviously Age of Ultron ending things change a bit, but going into Age of Ultron it was just uh, Black Widow. Black Widow is the token girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw about that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And again, they're starting their fucking universe with magic with the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. And especially since they're leading into Shazam, I do not believe that DC will pull any of this, oh, it's just science, we don't understand, it's good. I think it's going to be straight up fucking magic. I totally believe it will be. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't harp on it, but I think, I, I don't remember if I said this before, but I really like that um, they are I mean, with Harley, it's going to happen, because that's kind of how her character is this time, but I like how they're not sexualizing the female characters. Mm-hmm. It's like Atana looks like a badass, Enchantress is like, if you see this actress outside of all the makeup and stuff, she's pretty hot. So then they're, they're like totally downplaying it and not trying to be all like, I don't know, because you can Look imagine... Look how sexy this Enchantress can, is. Yeah, you can imagine certain costumes they could go with for Enchantress. Oh yeah, uh, and she's had some slutty ones. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, as, as much as I love comic Gamora, I could totally understand why they wouldn't want to put that in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> and even Harley Quinn, as sexualized as Harley usually is, um, it, like even her one-piece jumpsuit that contorts her entire body, that's still pretty sexy. Um, what she's wearing in this is actually pretty fucking conservative. I mean, it's a t-shirt, a jacket, and shorts. Yep. Like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. 
Uh, and then I think you brought to me how uh, Warner Brothers is going to be bringing a whole bunch of stuff to San Diego Comic-Con. whole bunch of stuff. Uh, apparently, that's going to be a big Hall H presentation on Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. And potentially, they were hinting that they were also going to be uh, revealing some more Wonder Woman movie stuff and also Justice League. So, if that's true, then my money would be on a Justice League team reveal by also via revealing who is playing Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Come on, Ryan Reynolds. And we still have to see what the movie version of Cyborg is going to look like. Yes. So I'm sure that'll be definitely a part of the presentation. But yeah, that's a, yeah, San Diego Comic Con's about a little. Uh, well, by the time this episode goes up, it'll be under a month. A month out. I'll be missing this year. Um, so have fun. Have extra fun in my stay. Bill. I will. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go stand in the line for Hasbro to get a ticket to go to Hasbro's booth to stand in line. Uh, camp out at Hall H. I don't know about that. I've actually, in my 10 years, my 10th year going, I've never gone to Hall H or anything. The only time I ever tried going to Hall H was for the Green Lantern presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I we got there really early, and they lit in a bunch of people, and we could see the door, and it was still, it was too full. People were there for, like, Harry Potter and shit and wouldn't leave. Yeah. I was so mad. I'm really interested to see how it would be this year, because there's no Marvel panels. Mm-hmm. But I don't, and I don't know what else is going to go on with that. But yeah, so big news coming, hopefully, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. Maybe we'll get some more looks at things. I think it's cool. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I imagine we'll get a more concrete lineup of their films, maybe more review. Because obviously they've cast a lot of people for these movies, and maybe by then they'll actually announce who's playing what and maybe give us, uh, I don't know, promo shots of them in costume and stuff. Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool, honestly. So looking forward to that. Uh, kind of in line with uh, today's um, topic, uh, Uwe Boll is making all the rounds in the news. Because he uh, said fuck you to his fans, right? Nope, he didn't say that at all. Not at all. Nope. Uh, if you follow his YouTube channel, I watch some of his videos. I think I think he has a point sometimes, but I think a lot of it's also because he's just really pissed at Hollywood. He is really pissed at Hollywood. He because- is as angry as I am. <laughs> sometimes like and he says some shit that's really on point i think i think so too i think he's it's definitely he's a he's a director who's been blacklisted by hollywood and he's not afraid to speak up mm-hmm. he's like some directors who still want to try to suck dick and try to get work and get back and things uve is like no fuck hollywood fuck all of them they're a bunch of fucking uh i don't know what he goes i mean watch his videos i, I mean some of it's kind of like okay you're a little off but i think his general points are on but yeah. the main video that's making the rounds, because I think most people aren't re- actually watching the video, just reading the headlines of, Uwe Boll says, fuck you to fans. No, what Uwe Boll is talking about is how, I think, uh, Steve It seems like it's, as well. Yeah, it sounds like he was approached, like he may have like tried Indiegogo first and it failed, and then he was approached by people from Kickstarter promising him how much better it is, and then he started using, using Kickstarter. And when you use these crowdfunding things, you get a bunch of emails from fucking leeches and pieces of shit that are making all these big promises that they'll market your film and guarantee that you'll get the money, but they take 10%, and big promises, and he may have bit on one of those, and it came up short, and the leeches didn't, you know, like, big promises, and nothing happened. Yeah, and, he, and he sees, like I have, I've even complained about it, he sees these pieces of shit movies getting funded on Kickstarter and Indiegogo um, that look terrible or look generic as hell, but they have, like, a certain name actor that people like. Uh, or And then he sees, like, Avengers 2 getting made for so much insane money because Hollywood just keeps hogging all of it to make the same generic shit 
year mm-hmm. after year, it seems like. And he got fucking mad. I mean, when uh, Karis Hell failed, I got fucking mad. Because I was looking at some other horror slasher that looked generic and boring, making $16,000 easily during its campaign, and Karis Hell didn't make fifteen. And I thought Carousel was a really original idea. You know, I do have a small uh, but steady fan base. My movies are out there. My movies are released. You know, I have product that I can show. And that movie got the budget. I didn't. I got upset and made a Kickstarter called Steve's Gonna Make a Generic Shitty Horror Slasher Film. Uh, I did that instead of making a video that says, fuck you. Mm -hmm. It happens. People get mad. And I, for the most part, I think you was really on the ball with what he was saying in his video. I think so. Because I think also, I mean, I've, I haven't seen some of his newer stuff, but I heard uh, Salt on Wall Street and the first Rampage. Were, and I heard a lot of people still say try to still defend Postal as being good. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But I, I, I know some people, I think, I mean, there might be a lot of people who should on it without having seen it. Mm-hmm. But I've heard good things about a lot of those his more recent films. And he, I think, I and I feel like uh, he's probably pissed because he feel like he's making better product that people are just so stuck in this rut of this thinking, oh, Uwe Boll, he makes shitty video game movies, and this automatically writing him off without giving him a chance. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can, I'll equate this. M. Night Shyamalan made some shit films, and guess what? People still go see his movies and still give him a chance. Like, what's the, why, why M. Night Shyamalan, but not Uwe Boll? Yeah, it's, the hive mind, the way it works sometimes, like, with when it comes to entertainment, drives me crazy sometimes. I don't get it. And I'm not a big fan of any of Uwe Boll's movies. Please don't get me wrong. But, he doesn't deserve a lot of the shit that he gets. I don't think so. I think I mean I, he was one of the only people that was using that German tax credit that everyone likes to shit on. He was one of the only people using it correctly. Like Paramount and some movie studios were also taking advantage of that shit. Tomb Raider exists because of that German tax credit, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just made for the exact same reasons that Bowl made his movies, except they weren't German filmmakers. It was American filmmakers. So yeah. Germany cracked down on that and changed the law because it's supposed to endorse German filmmakers. Bull was that. Just fucking yeah. say what you will. I mean, he saw a loophole in a tax credit uh, that enabled him to get funding from people in order to make movies. I respect that. Yeah. He bought the book from the guy in the money money suit. and he's It's, it's your money. Fill out these forms. Get, get, your, get your electrical bill tri- paid for. Mm-hmm. It's free government money. Pretty much. Buy my book. About the German edition. I just he... I just figured out what you were referencing. Yeah, I don't remember the guy's name. I'm sorry. All but I remember I know is exactly his, uh, what his money is. suit, his weird hair, and his glasses telling you to buy his book that talks about the government programs. <laughs> I don't think anybody who hasn't seen that commercial knows what the fuck we're talking about. Uh, he wore a bunch of uh, was a, uh, money dollar signs on his... Jackets. That's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. He looks like the Riddler. He was the Riddler, yeah. Money. Money, the Moneyler. Moneyler. <laughs> Riddle uh, me this, Batman! How do you make all the money from the government? Answer! By my book! By my book. <laughs> uh, here's, here comes the gratuitous uh, critic uh, reference. Buy my book! Uh, Buy yeah. my book! People who watch the critic got that reference. You're the best. I love you all. Own that entire series on DVD. Great me too, show. It's the best. It's so good. It's still true. <laughs> I would on Amazon by the critic. Oh my god! I need to talk to. I need to become friends with John Lovitz, and then I need to talk him into us doing a YouTube series of the critic. They tried doing that. You can watch it on the DVD. They're, uh, they tried doing a web series. Oh, I didn't know that. I guess they, I... Did, they did a couple episodes uh, on the web, the web series. There were shorts and stuff. They only didn't do very many. 
Ah, oh, fuck. Well, let's do it again. Fuck it. That was also years ago. I don't know if we could do better right now, but anyways. So, yeah, I I, uh, I think I agree with you. I think Uwe Boll might not... I think he's speaking the truth. He's just not doing it in the best way because he doesn't give a fuck. And he shouldn't give a fuck. He shouldn't give a fuck. I think... And I think he's one of the few directors that will admit he's fucked up. He was inexperienced. He wasn't sure what he was doing. He had issues, obviously, like Blood Rain. Michael Masden was drunk the entire time. Mm-hmm. He's had issues all over the place. A lot of times the studio he was working for going to production of the script that was like the first draft of something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all this stuff. And he making he's like, yeah, they're shit. But you know, I, I made them. What do you want? I don't know. What, what do you want from me? The only thing that I thought was dumb from him was boxing one of his critics, but you know what? Oh, uh, I've yeah, gotten yeah. some really shit reviews from people that I wanted to punch them for because it seemed like they didn't even watch the fucking movie. So, yeah, he, um, <laughs> I Rich, don't know. Rich Kianka, low tax from Something Awful is one of the only people because... Uh, Uwe Boll put out there, hey, if you I'll, you want to box me, I'll box you. And he, but he also, I don't know who was promoting, I don't know if it was Uwe by himself or he had a promoter doing it, but the promoter said, you will train, you will get you set up and everything, so you're not going there blind. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rich Kianka just showed up and they just put him in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> they gave him stuff to, you know, set up, got him all set up and everything. Just put him in there, they didn't really actually train him or anything, so he's just, he's in there boxing Uwe Boll. Mm-hmm. So that's one great thing about Low Tax, he, he fucking went for it while no one else did. <laughs> And I respect that. For sure. Uh, moving on. A lot of stuff with Daredevil on Netflix. Um, I, we're obviously relating to this episode as well. I was hoping the news would be better, but uh, apparently Statham was in talks to play Bullseye. But because news of the talks leaked online and everyone was talking about it, apparently that caused negotiations just to fall flat and nothing and not move forward. I'm guessing that uh, they were in talks with Statham. Uh, it was going okay because they were able to convince Statham that it would be a good investment for him and stuff. And then when the news hit, everyone was losing their minds over how fucking perfect it was. So Statham's agent said, hey, look how excited everyone is. More money. And Marvel's yeah. super fucking cheap. They are notorious for being super fucking cheap, unless you're Robert Downey Jr. And said, no, go fuck yourself. We don't need you. I think that's exactly what happened, for sure. Yep. And then out of that, uh, I think, I forgot his name. Is it John Bertham? I have no Bertham. idea who this man is. God damn it. <laughs> I didn't write it down. Uh, what's his name? Got cast as uh, the Punisher, Frank Castle. Uh, I'm sad that Tom Jane couldn't get that role. Yeah, me too. I Tom would have Jane, loved Thomas Jane. Tom Jane wants it so bad. He wants to play, he wants to play the Punisher so bad again. So bad. Hell, get Ray Stevenson again. I thought he was great. Fuck it. I'm going to make Thomas Jane Punisher 2099. There you go. Make Frankencastle. Oh yeah, I hope Frankencastle is the entire plot point of Daredevil season two. Or 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 take the storyline where uh, Frank gets turned black. Yes. And then over the progress of the of the comic, he becomes less black. And then he becomes Thomas Jane. Or the time he he was an angel. Yes. Let's do or, all these or, things. Or I don't know. We can do all these really terrible, shitty fucking uh, Punisher storylines. <laughs> I think there's one time I think someone was describing this. He had he had uh, the go- uh, Green Goblin's glider, Unicorn's helmet, uh, what else? All this other ridiculous shit. Like he was like all these weapons from villains are just flying around, fucking doing shit. Good for you, Frank. Hope you had fun. <laughs> Good luck, Frank. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, it's too bad because I think Statham would have been a really cool uh, bullseye. For sure, it, absolutely. Um, but hey, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but that's true. So because more, then we, we eventually would maybe had a uh, Jason Statham Hawkeye. That would be cool if they ever if they ever got as far as doing Dark Avengers. Mm-hmm. 
That'd be rad. I think the problem is that they keep cast. I mean, I love Statham, but he's obviously in his 40s. I think the problem with these films, they keep casting, and it's series as well. They're casting actors, I think, are not over the hill, of course, but I think old, too old to have any longevity. Like, what, like, um, like, uh, you, because movies have to take so long in production. I can't, if they ever wanted to, like, do something like Dark Avengers, like, mm-hmm. that'd be, like, so, so many years down the line, because you can't do storylines as quickly in the movies as you can in the comics. Right. So I, I was curious, like, how could they, how they, like, from here, how could they get to the Dark Adventures? <laughs> uh, Considering the fucking Infinity War is in it for, like, what, three, four more years? Yeah, seriously. And I still don't even know what their game plan is after that. Because this entire cinematic universe so far has been building towards Thanos. What's there to do after that? <laughs> um. I don't know. Here's what I think happens. Uh, universe reset, and they can recast all the roles of different actors, and yeah, on. that's absolutely what's gonna happen. So everything, and then they can just remake all the films coming out in twenty twenty. Iron Man, <laughs> Iron Man one point one. What does winning have to do with it? That's a last action reference. That's a good. Um, that's a good so one. moving on to last bit of news. Uh, this is a quick one. Uh, Tar- so Tarantino is uh, making the Hateful Eight in his uh, his western. And through his pure stubbornness, he wants... No, no, I won't say stubbornness. He wants to put on film. That's fine. I love that. That's great. Stubbornness comes where Tarantino wants it on 70mm Panavision. Yeah. Stubbornness comes more where they... Him and the Weinsteins are going to retrofit 50 theaters in the U.S. to shoot 70... With projectors to project 70mm Panavision. But why? But why indeed. I totally agree. (laughs) Uh, it's not like um, Nolan filming filming all the, the Batman trilogy and IMAX. That's a format that can e- easily go into normal theaters. Yeah, and stuff like that. Panavision is fucking wide as shit. Like super fucking wide. You can't. Modern theaters aren't set up to even project that. And when they do project it, it's going to be have t- it's going to be letterbox and huge black bars at the top and bottom, mm-hmm. or they're going to have to crop it. Yep. And even if you had projectors with the actual 70mm prints, again, theaters don't have the le- the width of screens to accommodate that. I mean, unless he's going to... Unless there's 50 theaters in the United States that have still have Panavision screens. There might be two. Which, considering that they haven't... I mean, many articles mention this, and it's true. No, no one shot in pa- uh, Panavision for film since the 60s. Mm-hmm. So where the fuck is he gonna get these theaters? So even then, you're gonna have a print that's gonna be shrunk down, you know, adjusted so that way it's shooting on these screens. It's gonna be tiny. I don't, man. This is a mess. Yeah. It's like there's a point where it's to come on, get over it. This is uh, Tarantino can't do that. Like you say, he. It's just he's too fucking. Uh, just stuck cock- his own ass. He's cocky. Yeah, he's that's, just that's fucking very true. cocky. You know, he thinks he knows best. He's in love with these old movies, but I feel that he often doesn't actually understand how they get made, or like what made them what they are. You know, I mean, I I can listen forever to Forty Second Street Pete talking shit on Tarantino, and it's because he's right. Like it all totally his, is. all of his criticisms on Tarantino are fucking spot on in every single way. Yeah, I think all the time he talks about how Tarantino talks about Grindhouse, he's like, you know what a fucking Grindhouse is. Yeah. It's like, because 42nd Street Pete's named that because he grew up in New York on 42nd Street Pete. He went to real grindhouses. He fucked hookers in grindhouses. He got stuck up and stabbed in grindhouses. He mm-hmm. went, he lived there. He knew what it was like. 
You know, he could tell talk to tell stories about it all the time. Tarantino's like, yeah, this is Grindhouse, blah blah blah. And he's like, no, no, there was not. You were like what, like twelve? You know. <laughs> this is all sort of shit, and it's like Tarantino's all stuck up his own ass because he can fucking blatantly rip off movies, rip off uh, Reservoir Dogs or City on Fire, like no one's business, but then say it's oh, it's homage. I just I. I want to re-edit the scene of Superman and Zod from Man of Steel, except with Pete and Tarantino, with uh, Pete as Zod. I was born and bred by 42nd Street Grindhouses. Where did you learn about Grindhouse? On a farm! <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's, uh, I'm sorry, that's just my favorite line from Man of Steel. So that's I like a great to, one. I, I like to that. apply it wherever I can. I do too. That's my favorite line from Michael Shannon. It's like, where'd you learn to fight? On a farm? There's so much venom in the word farm, and I don't know if another actor could have put that much hate in the word farm. Nope. <laughs> he hates farms. Zod love, hates farms. Love Michael Shannon so fucking much. Um, so yeah, uh, so Tarantino filming on a really old, obsolete film type with old obsolete lenses that he's forcing people to update because he's Tarantino and that's what he wants uh, for no fucking reason because most of the movie apparently takes place in one fucking room. Hooray. Mm -hmm. Good, I'm glad. Oh, does it? I, I haven't heard a damn thing about the movie. Yeah, apparently yeah. most of the movie takes place in one room. That's, that doesn't sound like a western to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, glad takes we're... Takes place in the west, I guess. But... Glad we're wasting all this like time and energy and effort so that Tarantino can play with a toy that he wants to play with. Well, at the end of the day, he's still just a fucking uh, video store reject that got lucky. Yeah. Just, uh, can you imagine, just for a moment, everyone listening, imagine just for a moment the hundreds of really talented filmmakers that are around right now making movies, like good movies, um, that you've never heard of simply because they didn't suck the right dick or the right person didn't see them at the right time. And that's the only reason why Tarantino's famous and they are not. Yep. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. I mean, shit happens. But whatever. I digress. I digress. And I don't Look, know in the why. name of the king, can we please move on? That's what I was trying to do, but I was not quick on it. I'm just sitting here like, okay, Statham segue, Statham segue, Statham segue. <laughs> and uh, Steve uh, nailed it. Nailed it. I was under a siege in my dungeon of doubt about this segue, but Steve came through and and through a series of dungeon siege <laughs> in the name of the king. He was able to rescue me in I my was. shadow of doubt. I was. So we're talking about in the name of the king, a dungeon siege tale from 2007, directed by Uwe Boll. IMDb describes this film as a man named Farmer sets out to rescue his kidnapped wife and avenge the death of his son. Two acts committed by the Krugs, a race of animal warriors who are controlled by the evil Galleon. Okay. So this was a movie. This was a movie. Uh, that I, I had never seen. I had friends back in high school who went and saw it. And did I had never seen it prior to watching it this week for the podcast. Because um, I didn't give a shit about Dungeon Siege ever in my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, although I will defend Yui Bowl, I don't go out of my way to see his movies. So I just, Same. there's no reason to watch this film until Bill said, hey, we have to watch every Jason Statham movie, and that includes in the name of the king. Yep. I mean, he didn't actually say that, but it was implied. 
So I watched... When we got to it, yeah, I did say that. Uh, So yeah, let's kind of go into kind of an overview of the film, overall thoughts. It wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. Um, It was... was, Don't get me wrong, it wasn't good, but especially... um, directing on, on Bull's part wasn't bad. Yeah, the directing was okay. The I think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, the world building was decent. I, I I won't say any negatives, except for this one one thing. Uh, it was all around pretty okay, except I do feel that the film went forever. I was... I tried to give my entire attention to the film, and then I was just getting bored to the point where then I decided to iron all of my dress shirts, and even doing another task while watching the film felt like the film should have ended three times earlier than it should have. So I yeah. guess the pacing on the film is off. Pacing on the film is bad. I think the editing of the film is the biggest problem. Yeah. Scenes just go on for a long time. And Farmer has a boomerang for some reason. Uh, <laughs> I took I did take notes during this movie. I just wrote down, like, things. I was like... Because <laughs> stuff would just happen. I'm like, well, that's, a, that's something happening all right. <laughs> Uh, I think that the synopsis got about right. We meet Farmer, played by Jason Statham, who is basically Jason Statham in this film. He might as well be his Chet Chelios. Yeah. He's a fucking total bonkers badass with a sword and a boomerang. Kicking Krug ass. Uh, let's just say right now, this film is clearly trying to be a Lord of the Rings film. Yes. And that whole period post-Return of the King, where everything was trying really hard to still keep some sort of semblance of a high fantasy going. And the film feels that way a lot. There's a scene of rain where men are fighting Krug, or basically orcs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and something like that. There's always scenes definitely reminiscent from either Two Towers or Return of the King all over the place. And uh, Farmer, um, Farmer's family is killed by Krug. Our family's son is killed by the Krug, powered by uh, Ray Liotta. <laughs> Who is terrible in this? This is a oh. this is a nice sequel to uh, the last time Jason Statham and uh, Ray fought. It's true. This is a, this is a canon sequel to that movie. It's a canon sequel to Revolver. Thank you. I could. I, I knew it was called something. Well, I was yeah. gonna say uh, it reminds me of Revolver because uh, when Galleon is like controlling the Krug through his like I don't know elite Krug units. He's in a room that's really blue, so I'm like, oh man, the blue room state uh, blue room of Leota comes back. <laughs> he's, he's in the UV tanning room again. Yeah. Freaking out. No, if, I, if, I, if we're going to go kind of jumping around a little bit here, yeah, he would be my, like, if I had my list of negatives, I, uh, him and editing might be tied for number one. Yeah, Ray, and it's weird that Ray's bad in this, because, like, Statham isn't bad in this, Ron Perlman isn't bad in this, Burt Reynolds isn't even bad in this. So I don't, I can't blame you, Bull. As John Reese Davies is good in this as well. Almost every actor is honestly pretty good in this, so I can't blame uh, Bull's directing because only Ray Liotta is bad in this. Yeah, I don't know. This seems like a film where Liotta need an alimony payment or something. Well, I mean, clearly did everyone did this film for that reason, but mm, I don't think so. I mean, Ron, Ron Perlman is just a, a character actor; he'll just take roles. I mean, he's in it for those reasons. I think Statham. Prize, you know, he's just say again. Statham's just an actor. He saw this role, probably you know had a paycheck, did it. I mean, so there's just some roles. I think uh, Reynolds, Burt Reynolds, also seems like this is definitely just a paycheck movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's clear. I don't. I think. Well, you think he's good. I'm not. He's not bad. But okay. Times, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I won't argue that he's good, but I he wasn't bad at all. Yeah. Sometimes it looks like he's really just sleepwalking through this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I got get on this course. But, yeah. John yeah, Davies yeah, for, was awesome in this. Um, Shaggy was good. Oh really? 
I didn't like Matthew Lillard. I mean, I just either. liked him because he was. I like Weasley piece of shit characters, and that's what he was. So maybe I was just biased. Him trying to lay on that British accent. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> that's what got me. He's like, "Don't you know who your king is?" Yeah, it was hilarious. Like, oh my god, calm down just a little bit, but <laughs> but no, Ray Liotta. I. <laughs> It wasn't even, like, in the realm of hammy acting like Jeremy Irons was in, in Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. It was just bad. It looked like he was just not, like, chewing his words that were coming out of his mouth. The only part of Ray Lewis' character that I enjoyed in the film is in the, his first scene when he's romancing, you know, fucking Davy's daughter in the film. Uh, Lily Sobieski, a.k.a. Uh, not Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Um... And it was just the line, you know, uh, love is this, you know, poets talk about dying for it. Would you die for it? Maybe in a poem. I thought that was a great fucking line. Like, I legitimately laughed at that. I thought that was fantastic. Like, yeah, he's a, he's a snarmy little asshole, but, like, his character-wise or some things. But, there's, like I said, there's some parts where it's okay, but Leota um, is just like, I don't even remember lines. Like, I'm evil. Don't you know what that means? <laughs> it's my new reign. <laughs> Um, oh, geez, shut up. Go away, please. So, yeah, um, we'll talk about the negatives, and we'll talk about the action, I guess. I mean, there's negatives all over the place. All over the place. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the monster costumes? Like, remember... Remember Dragonfire? Remember that piece of shit that I, that I talked about? Yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, the monster orcs in that look a hundred times better on a fraction of this budget than, like, the orc-type monsters in this film. They just look like putties. They, they look like shitty versions of putties. They didn't even look as good as the fucking Tengu or the weird ooze things from the movies or the actual putty-type characters from, like, a lot of Super Sentais. They looked bad. They looked really bad. I don't know, you know, I don't know, because um, for how little they focus on their faces, I thought they were fine. It looked like they just had to produce a lot of them, obviously, because they had a lot of extras, in those costumes, they just didn't focus so much on detail, just quantity and looking okay. So I, I don't know. I, I don't. It didn't seem that bad to me. I thought the um, like elite Krug, that ones that Leota were uh, controlling. I thought those looked pretty fine. Uh, I mean, they were okay. I don't I know. Like okay. I said, I like okay. I said, I just like nice. the Dragonfire, which was made for like two million dollars. Just they they use their suits way smarter. And I only bring that up because of how small, much smaller that budget was compared to the sixty million budget. Yeah. But it it seems very strongly that it's clear that most of that sixty million went towards U Bowl hiring all these actors that matter. Actors and there's also a lot of sets. There are a really lot of nice sets. sets that they burned. There's a lot of. I mean, there were some obviously there's some CG, but they they were still actually like ma- like the uh, care like the 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 little cells they were transporting prisoners and people they cap they captured people from villages to the back to the fortress like that was all I mean there's a lot of actual there are a lot of good sets and things like that yes completely agreed on that yeah so I think I think the I think the, the budget shows I mean I don't look at the movie and wonder where all that money went obviously they cast a lot of actors that you know like obviously Statham Reynolds all these people so I mean I think that's cool so I mean I think the money was well spent but I think then I think in the costume department for the Krug I think it maybe is probably where it kind of yeah. a little bit um, the tree women were kind of weird and only yes. existed for one that one scene well we need elves I mean they so were super these, hot like you need, let's have these tree ninjas fucking ultra hot and for some reason they control tree leaves but whatever there's magic and shit Mm-hmm. But that was yeah, weird. Krishana Loken was one of them who would go on to play Blood Rain. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And the uh, the one Terminator in Terminator Three, if I remember correctly, I think that was Krishana Loken. Oh okay, that's cool. I might be I might be misremembering. I apologize. Um, 
Yeah, I think I am. No, yeah, Terminator. Yeah, she was in Terminator Three, and she's uh, and she was also um, was in uh, Mortal Kombat Conquest. Okay, cool. She's one of the main characters in that. Uh, so yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, I could talk about Ron Perlman being great, Ron and, Perlman. Then di- and then just dying out of nowhere. He was so great and died for no reason. Mm-hmm. I'll just go. I'm trying to look at my list here of other stuff. I had uh, Statham was amazing. Like I said, he was just basically Chet Chelios. Yes. Just doing badass action scenes, fucking killing Krug like no one's fucking business. Mm-hmm. Uh, other stuff here. Um, that whole sequence when they're crossing the the broken bridge on the rope, I thought was silly. Yep, it was silly. <laughs> it's funny because like Perlman goes to slide, then the other guy comes right after him. Like, why don't you wait for Perlman to cross? Yeah. Oh look, you guys fell like three hundred feet into the river. Why aren't you not? Why are you not dead? Magic. Magic. Uh, I thought. <laughs> So a farmer's a farmer's name is pretty hilarious. Like, I think that's a big kind of an issue. It's like, well, why is the name farmer? Well, far, he believes that you are what you do. It's like, oh, so king is king, uh, galleon is is uh, I don't know, evil wizard. <laughs> sure. Uh, like life must be really weird for farmer if that's how he thinks of people. Yeah, seriously. Hey, farmer, how are you? I'm fine, wife. Hey, son, how are you, son? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pick these turnips. It's what I fucking do now. Yeah, uh, Lil- and, like there's so much shit going on here in the film. Um, Lillard, uh, Matthew Lillard's character is the nephew to Burt Reynolds, the king, wants to take over. Lily Sobieski plays the daughter of the mages, uh, the ma- one of the mages, played by John Reese Davies. She has powers, I guess. <laughs> she wants to be a, a woman that fights and does things. I actually really liked that the two uh, captains of the armies were black. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, I thought for a film that was trying to be like this medieval fantasy thing, they just said, no, yeah, the army's all like white guys, and there's these two black guys that are the captains. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, that was neat. I don't know if that was the route they're going, trying to be, play, make some statement, but I thought that was cool. Because again, you don't see that very often, so I thought that was worth pointing out. And plus, the two actors that played those two guys are pretty rad. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, there's, like I think we said before, the performances were pretty solid, for, except for the couple bad stuff. Uh, I thought Burt Reynolds dying was silly, as it, as it would, as it's kind of tropey as well. Yeah. Because you find out Farmer is the long lost son of the king. <laughs> oh, so, fucking course. Of course, fucking course. That's why he's so good, because he's, he's king material. Yeah. So instead of Farmer, his name will be King. <laughs> king! King Farmer! And of course, this pisses off Lillard, because Lillard thinks he's going to be king, because he kills the king, so he, the nephew can be king. It's like, nope. You're not the king. He's the king. And then uh, Lillard's storyline just dis- disappears. They never talk about him again. Yep. Just disappears. Uh, the film obviously ends with... Uh, it's not even a Farmer that kills Galleon. It's uh, his wife, played by... Um, blanking on her name. Uh, Claire, For- Claire Forlani. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. Um, as I was mentioning before watching a lot of movies, it's funny she kept popping up in stuff I was watching. Because I watched... Uh, she's obviously in Mallrats... She's in uh, Mystery Men, and then I watched this film. I'm like, oh man, she just keeps showing up. And she says she just pokes up and stuff. Yeah, I thought that was funny, but yeah, she ends up being the one that kills Galleon as revenge because he's all like he's, monologuing. He's beating the shit out of Jason Statham with books. Yeah, with books. With books. Good, go, go Statham, trying to take him down. Yep. So she kills him, and then uh, then the movie descends. Hooray. I bet that that's the weirdest thing to me. Yep. It's like they did. They go through all these, like all this horror shit leading up to this in the, during the movie, and then they just cut it off. Just it's like, oh, you couldn't have like an epilogue or anything talking about farmer as king or anything else. Nope, you're just gonna be done. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I guess we're just done now. 
I guess we're done. And then, uh, yeah, so that's uh, In the Name of the King. Were there any other, like, little points you wanted to talk about, Steve? Or do you think we covered everything I well? think we, I think we covered everything pretty well. It's a very okay movie. Yeah. Not, it's not Not as bad best. as people make it out to be. Absolutely. But definitely not good. Not good. I th- and my, I gave it a two and a half out of five. I'd, I'd give it a two. So, we're close. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I made it to give it a two. I don't know. I think sometimes I, middle, if it's something's okay, middle of the road, I obviously two and a half is where I should put it. But no, I, I think uh, that two is very fair as well. Yeah. I mean, it's... it's but n- don't take a two as meaning it's like a piece of shit film. It's not. I don't know. A, I think it's the problem with a, the five star A one is a piece of shit film. That's true. So is zero. Yeah, zero is piece of shit. One is piece of shit. One and a half is pretty shitty. Two, I mean, it's kind of bad, but it's not god awful. To me, honestly, uh, if we're looking at the star rating, two and a half would be kind of right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess 2.25. There's my final score. I'll break out the fractions for this occasion. 2.3 repeating. And it gets most of that because, obviously, it isn't... It's not very... Like I said, the directing is fine. Like, the story story is kind of... It's... eh. Generic. But... Very generic. I think the big, like I said, the biggest problem is Ray Liotta's acting, and the editing is just all over the fucking place. Oh, I appreciated that they killed the kid in the act one, but not like the mother, because most films yeah. would have went the other way. Yeah, and this one, so this one's uh, kids killed. Farmer thinks his wife is trapped. You know, it's all I, yeah, it's a good way of changing up how it goes. Slightly, but then, yeah. But then the wife is pregnant. So he has a new kid, so it's all good. Yeah, the renewable resource. <laughs> Children are a renewable resource. We should use them to power our power plants. I agree. Why are we not on this? Let's get some venture capitalists and invest in our baby-powered plants. Baby-powered energy. So it's like the Matrix? No, we burn them, dummy. <laughs> you burn the babies. <laughs> Just throw them in the fire. Throw them in the fire. They don't mind. They, they don't know they're babies. It's like mother's womb. You know, they're dumber than pigs, and we eat pigs. Why can't we burn babies? I don't know. I know, right? So moving on. Okay, so we were t- so we were talking about the sequel to Revolver. Now let's talk about the sequel to the one. Yes, yeah, so, uh, before we start, I want to stress this right now. Uh, this is gonna be, uh, this film I think you should watch. If you haven't watched it and you're just, and you want to listen to this review, then watch the film. Now watch it first because there's some bits we're gonna talk about that I feel like ruined the film if you don't if you know about it ahead of time. In my opinion, so just watch it. Go watch it right now. Yeah. We'll be here. Just pause and come back. There's uh, it's so. good, big story stuff in it that we will ultra-spoil, and it's better to s- see that for the first time in the film. It's true. I know we normally say you should know that watch some of these before you're listening to this, but I want to make sure to preface it this time, because the spoilers ruin the film. If you, I mean, I think ruin the surprise of the film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, War from 2007. Bill, FBI, what is it good for? What is it good for? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, an FBI agent seeks vengeance on a mysterious assassin known as Rogue, who murdered his partner. So in the first film, we had Farmer. Now we have Rogue. Okay, so... Next, next Statham film, we'll have Warrior. The one after that, we'll have uh, Warlock. <laughs> Fighter. Fighter. Paladin. <laughs> no, only hope. Uh, so yeah, this is an interesting film where uh, if Jet Li takes off his gloves and touches someone, he gets their powers. <laughs> That's what this movie's about, right? I may no, have not watched it. No. Uh, War is about uh, Jason Statham, who is a, uh, a cop in L.A. who mainly presides over uh, stuff between the Yakuza and the Triad, which uh, is another already a plus for me because I love films that deal with East Asian gangs. Mostly Yakuza, but I do appreciate when Triads show up and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, at the beginning of the film, I, I would say, uh, starts my notes here. Uh, I like the opening a lot. It's just uh, Statham and his partner. Um, shit, thinking. Uh, um, Tom, no, fuck. Ah, forget the name of Statham's partner. Oh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, Tom Lone. Tom, Tom, yes. It's John, John Crawford's played by Jason Statham. Tom Lone is played by Terry Chen. It's them just sitting there kind of talking, talking, but then they get up and they come, pans out, there's fire, guys everywhere. It's like, there's this huge, like, shootout happening behind them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love, I love stuff like that, where it just starts in this, like, this simple conversation between two cops, and it's like, oh, in there's insanity, this big shootout yeah. thing going on behind them, yeah. So, um, from there, uh, they run into Rogue, who's this myth, like kind of this legendary hitman for the Yakuza, who's apparently super badass motherfucker. Um, he tries to get a jump on Statham. Tom shoots him, falls in the water. Shoots him in the face. Shoots him in the face. Yeah, you don't, they don't you don't know if he killed him or what. So later uh, after this, I know we're kind of going through point by point, but it's kind of summing up the film in a little ways. Um, Tom, Tom's family and John's family are friends, obviously, because they're partners. They're going to go to a football game and stuff. Um, but John, on the way over there, uh, John is way over on the oh, fuck on the way over to Tom's house. Uh, oh Jesus Christ! What am I trying to say here? Tom's family is killed <laughs> when Rogue shows up. Fucks and shit up. Then John shows up, finds this. Oh shit! And this basically then the film jumps for three years because uh, Tom. Sorry. Tom's family being killed. John has been like obsessed over trying to find Rogue, who he believed killed Tom's family because he uses um, depleted uranium bullets mm-hmm. and special shells. He finds that evidence there. So because of this ruins his uh, Statham's uh, family in the film. And he obviously gets divorced and all stuff because he's obsessed over his case. Ruined his, ruined his marriage. Ruined everything. Well, the Rogue is back. Oh shit. Played by Jet Li. Jet Li, who's always a badass. I love Jet Li. Yeah, really good in this film. I think that the first time we see him is basically um, him uh, like going into a um, yeah a yakuza a, a yakuza bar and just fucking killing everybody. Yep. <laughs> My favorite part was uh, the trick. I thought this was really th- funny. I didn't think I never thought I never think I've ever seen that. The yakuza have guard dogs and they chase out down a hallway after uh, the rogue. Rogue straps a bomb to one of the dog's uh, collars and sends it back in there, and then blows up on yeah. them. But that was really good. Uh, but then, I mean, obviously, obviously, the film's going to go from here, where Statham is trying to track down Rogue. Rogue in this film is playing both side, playing both the triad and the Yakuza against each other, mm-hmm. and you're not really sure why, and all this other stuff's going on. So that's that's the general gist of the film. We'll, we'll cover the, the ending here near the end of our review. But uh, um, Steve, uh, what do you think of War? I think War is a really fun, great action film. Uh, I've seen this movie before. I liked it when I was younger. I still like it now. Uh, it's nothing amazing. It's nothing special, but it's extremely satisfying. It does what it does well, and like uh, we've said, the twist in the film is really well done and really great. And r- For sure. really definitely comes out of nowhere. It's, it's a shock. And you're going to find out what that twist is um, right now. Uh, you find out that Rogue has been hunting down the leader... Was it the Triads, or was it the... The Yakuza. The Yakuza. Yakuza. uh, Hunting down the leader of the Yakuza because he killed Tom Tom Lone's family. And the leader's like, what the fuck do you care? I order hits all the time. And then over the course of this amazing sword fight between the two, you find out that Rogue is actually Tom Lone, who killed the real Rogue, and then had his face... uh, 
you know, surgically... Facial reconstruction. Facial reconstruction to look like Rogue and just adopted his identity in order to hunt down and kill this leader of the Yakuza as revenge, which is fucking awesome. And it's not just revenge on him, it's also revenge on who sold him out. And then you find out that Statham that's Jay- was the one who yeah. sold him out. Yeah. And you and I feel bad for Statham too because he outright says, you know, they were they fucking blackmailed me. They wanted to know where you live, but they just said that I thought Rogue was dead. The everything that they were saying pointed towards they were going to beat you up, and that's the only reason why I gave you up. If I would have known, I would have died before I told them anything. And my screw up, I've been hunting down Rogue my entire life for revenge. Can you please ever forgive me? Answer? Nope. Nope. Well, at the same time, he actually well, it isn't necessary that Rogue uh, killed him. It's that uh, he, one of the other cops who was uh, set up as you know sniping to protect Statham's character actually is going to shoot Rogue, but Statham jumps up and takes the bullet. No, Statham doesn't take. He jumps up to take the bullet, but then uh, Tom Lone, aka Rogue, shoots Jason Statham in the back. Really? Yes. No, no, no. He, he, no, I watched. No, I watched it. Statham jumps up and gets shot in the back by uh, the the sniper because he takes the shot. No, sniper doesn't take the shot. He pulls. It cuts to Jet Li firing the gun into Statham's back, and the sniper looks up and saying, "Shit." Oh, really? Yep. That's the. That's yeah, what no, I thought. Liked so much about the scene. You know, Statham okay. is just like, "I'm going to sacrifice my life to save my friend," and then my friend shoots me anyway. Okay, I'll have to rewatch it. Yeah. Sorry, I went by so quickly. I might have missed that. I apologize. It was quick. It was a quick shot. Okay. Okay, I thought I thought it was one of those things where he just gets shot by accident, protecting his friend, but obviously he doesn't care. But no, that that way it actually happened. That makes total sense. Not nothing, nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, going into other bits about the film, I uh, Luis Guzman is in it as a gun runner. Love that. Love seeing when he shows up. Absolutely. Stuff. Um, I, I laughed because um, I think it was the order. The triad guy sends a woman uh, with sends the payment and a woman over to Jet Li's room. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but for some reason I just laughed. Cause I'm like, yep, Jet Li definitely fucked that woman. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Because they don't show it, but she definitely takes off her clothes, has some nice titties, walks in the other room, and the scene kind of cuts. I'm like, yep, we all know what happened there. Rogue is getting some. I don't know why I thought that, write that down. I just thought it was funny. I don't know why. Good point. Um, the, the, uh, the, um, the child, the, the child actor that was playing uh, the daughter of the triad leader... Uh, was was noticeably bad. Yep. And like the one scene she was in, I thought that was notice, noticeable. Write it, write it down. Um, yeah, it's like that's it. There's a lot, it's a great action film. There's a lot of good gunfights, good sword fights, good chase scenes. It's really hitting all the marks. I like all the interplay between the two gangs, mm-hmm. the Triad and the Yakuza. I love the way uh, Rogue is playing them off each other. Yes. I thought that was great. <laughs> Yeah, especially when it started to get up to the end, he's talking to um, Chang. I think Chang was the leader of the um, yeah Chang. Chang was the triad boss, and I love how he's like talking about one of his like higher up dudes. That he's like, I thought you trusted me. I thought he was my friend. And then Rose like, he did. You, you, he was your friend. And then shoots Chang. Yeah. <laughs> All this stuff is it's it's great. I love it. Um, I, what I love most is that he gives one of the uh, bronze horse the horses that were like the main sort of artifact between the two groups i like how he sends that to the the wife and the kid mm-hmm. but the daughter of the accuser boss you think she oh okay she sends her the case and it's the same case that the other horses are. so you think that she's gonna open it and find it because in, in the one for the wife and child it had a note saying start a new life mm-hmm. so that's, that's really cool so you see the daughter of the accuser leader and you're like oh he's gonna say the same thing to her nope so opens the card says start start a new life and she opens the box it's, it's the head of her father yep <laughs> i was like oh damn shit 
I really appreciate that because I thought it was going to go run route. Again, I thought it was going to go one route and it didn't. Nope, something completely It happened several times in the film. I appreciate it so much. It's really smart in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know what all else um, the writers or, or the director had done after this. I guess I can look real quick. Looks like um, that's it. This The director only did this, and he did the Up and Smoke tour for Cheech and Chong. Otherwise, he did a bunch of music videos. And he did a short film, which was the prelude to Too Fast, Too Furious. Yep. Man, he deserves to do more. I thought he was a very good action director. Yep, I agree. So I, I hope he... Uh, Oh, I'm sorry, Up and Smoke Tour. I'm sorry, that was a similar name to the tour she's talking Up and Smoke Tour was just a tour by Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, and Eminem. Awesome. My apologies. Up and Smoke, I get it. Ha ha. Not Cheech and Chong. Uh, so yeah, Philip Atwell, where you at, dog? You should come back and direct more action films because you did a very good job. Please do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he didn't do more. I mean, Pro- the film had a $25 million budget. It made $40 million, which I, I guess in a way is kind of a failure. Mm-hmm. But. It could have been that expensive to market and everything. It's a Lionsgate film, so... Yeah. Uh, don't try to get any other bits. I like in the end that Rogue just gets away with everything. Yeah. This moves on off his life. As he should. As he should, for sure. I think I think that's great. It's like this guy you think is the villain the entire time, entire time turns out to be the hero of the film in a way. Yeah, I agree. Which I, I think you said beforehand, like, you uh, didn't like so much that Statham doesn't really do a whole lot in the film, but... I, I think we both agree. It's like, well, the film isn't really about Statham. It's about Jet Li. It's about Jet Li, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just the film making you think they're supposed to care about Statham because he's the cop trying to track, catch the person who killed his best friend. It's a, it's another misdirect. You're misdirected into thinking Statham is the protagonist and like, oh, hey, fucking huge no. Mm-hmm. And even even do even do good, good clever things of making you think that way by having him have issues with his wife her wanting him to be there for his kid. And I like that they don't focus on that a lot either. Mm-hmm. It's not like his, his yeah, stakeout and his wife's calling him, like, you missed your son's baseball game, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like these little pieces there and there, which make you, which I thought might lead up to, like, obviously films do this where Rogue takes his uh, wife and kid hostage or something. Because mm-hmm. obviously at this point we don't know that he's Tom. Uh, and they don't go that route. Actually, they don't actually touch on him ever again. So Tom totally just killed his father. <laughs> Yep. As even though they were divorced, of course, but still, I mean, I, don't, I think I thought it was like I said, I think it was a very smart, well done, very competent action film. Um, for something made in two thousand seven, the uh, action scenes are shot really well. They're not quick cuts, or you can actually focus on what's going on. Yeah. Especially for someone who's a music video director, normally when you get music video directors shooting movies, it's every three seconds there's a cut and it's frantic and ADD ridden. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 have, I don't know. I have a lot of praise for this film. I thought it was very good. I completely agree. Especially for that, I didn't know anything about it beforehand. I just know it was Jet Li and Statham because then it came out. It was just a movie I missed when it came out. So watching it now was it was great, very good time. I think I on my list. I think I would give it a probably a four and a half. It's very close to being an amazing film for me. There's a couple little pieces here and there I didn't quite care for, but four and a half is where I put it. I give it a very strong four. For sure. Yeah. Right on. Uh, War. What is it good for? A uh, good action movie. Fuck yeah, it was. It was great to see Jet Li and Statham team up again. And a film. I loved them. To, I'd love to complete the trilogy and have them do it one more time. Yeah, one more Jason Statham Jet Li movie, please. I don't really. I don't really count the Expendable films. No, those are that's a team movie. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna laugh if I'm gonna look at this filmography and see that they were in another film. <laughs> and I just didn't know about it. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! He was in Fury. Uh, he was uh, pick one here. Uh, he was in Expendable. Uh, he was in uh, Romeo and Juliet. 
No, he wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, am I going to have to watch Romeo and Juliet? No. Well, Statham was in no- Rome- Romeo and Juliet and has a voice. Oh, cool. I think that might be a one of our... He's not really high up on the, the card, so maybe we'll just uh, pass by that one. I think that's a good <laughs> choice. Uh, but looking here, uh, obviously... So that's, that wraps up this segment. This uh, two... Um, episodes episodes part fuck what am I trying to say here god damn it I think that wraps up these two pieces of the great saga that is Jason Statham one film eh one film awesome yep. so definitely check out War I hope you watched you watched it before you listened to this uh, review of it uh, so for those keeping track uh, the next two films we are watching are, is The Bank Job from 2008 and Death Race from 2008 which, uh, that's going to be the be- interesting one to talk about, because I love Death Race 2000. Yep, so. <laughs> which is the original for you folks that don't know that. It's the, true, and I never watched Death Race, I mean, as much as I love Statham, I didn't watch Death Race because it was a remake of Death Race 2000. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm this, because of this uh, series, I'm going to watch it, and you'll hear my review of it when we get to that next step next time next time so uh as always guys time, if baby. you guys uh know how to get in touch with jason statham and you want to get put him in touch with us so we can talk to him if he's ever uh not bit too busy being a uh, model a super fit uh martial art dude that does great action films and he wants to come on and talk to us about his work which that'd be great that'd be super great you can put him in touch with us by either email by movie films of bill and steve at gmail.com on twitter if I ever got better at checking that, I'm sure people like Twitter. I like Twitter, just I just have a hard time getting that movie films account. You can find us at Movie Films BS. That's our answer, Bill and Steve, or you can make us answer bullshit. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just look up Movie Films with Bill and Steve. We're also on iTunes. Please check it out. Give us a five star review. Say, hey, Jason Statham's so damn pretty. So damn pretty. Doesn't say anything about us, but it does say something so great about Jason Statham. And if you want the more personal Lovable Bill experience, you can find me at Lovable Bill. And, of course, you can always check out my films, uh, facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms, www.silverspotlightfilms.com, and, of course, my personal email, darkmallet at gmail.com. And as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. I am not your bitch. You're all my bitch. I mean, we can end every episode on that, I feel. It's very true. Uh, I, I am no one's bitch. Everyone is my bitch. Someone uh, called me a bitch the other day, uh, jokingly, and my response was, in fact, I am Steve Radzinski. I am no one's bitch. You are all my bitch. <laughs>